0: Hebrews uh, chapter 13, hear the word of God. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teaching, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the ten have no right to eat. Pray for us. So we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing that you may do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if He comes. Read all your leaders and all the saints, those who come from Italy, send you greetings. Grace to you with all of you to the end of uh, the book of Hebrews. Uh, you know how I'm going to start the last, the last message, right, as we've been going through the same thing, the same thing every week. You can say it with me if you want, but, but it is a struggle uh, to believe. Um, I've said that all semester long. Uh, you've experienced this all semester long, and you'll continue to experience it, because living out the gospel, uh, following Jesus, and looking to him is a struggle, it's difficult. Scripture everywhere affirms it. Uh, both for the believer, the new believer, the mature believer, it's still a struggle. And for those outside the faith looking at Christ and, and, and considering uh, that belief, uh, it's a struggle to see it, to believe it, uh, to follow Christ and where he calls us. Uh, over the course of the semester, we've looked at, we mentioned lots of different reasons for, for why that's a struggle, uh, from Hebrews and other things that we've gone through, to, to say, his, is the gospel really really trustworthy? Uh, is it practical? Does it meet the needs of, of how I live? Um, so there's a struggle when, uh, when life is a long way from perfect, uh, and we can't see the end result. It's a struggle to believe God's promises, and it's a struggle when we, when we know that we're not good enough, to still think that we can be accepted uh, by God, to come into his presence uh, boldly um, and be forgiven, to believe that God really wants a relationship with us, a relationship that can continue where there's no remembrance of sin. It's a struggle when we feel alone. Uh, We still like to isolate ourselves. It's a struggle when we are afraid that we'll fail or when we're just lazy and and things are difficult. (coughs) Uh, Or when we're... When when the gospel tells us no about things, uh, things that we we feel like would make our lives feel good right now, things that we really want, that we really enjoy and we're told uh, no to, when there's so many things that wear us down and make us want to uh, give up, uh, that we grow weary in temptation. And when all through it, uh, we have to look outside of ourselves for any hope that we don't see uh, the fulfillment of it, and we don't have it ourselves, we have to look outside of ourselves uh, for confidence uh, through faith. It's a struggle uh, to believe. And this passage gives us another, uh, another aspect of that, and certainly one that we've seen uh, true all throughout. This passage particularly highlights in the, in the struggle to believe is that calling Christ, believing the gospel, uh, makes you an outsider. You don't fit in uh, with the world. Um, You don't fit in on this campus. um, And we desperately want to fit in. Um, I want everybody to like me, uh, right? We want, uh, we want people to be calling our phones, sending uh, text messages, inviting to whatever's going on. If we put something on Facebook, you know, like we want like 20 people to comment on it. we feel better like, if, if all kind of people like, commented on our status or some comment that we made, right? We, we desperately uh, want to fit in. The gospel means you, you don't fit in. I'm just going to fit in with some people, but if you're honest, I think typically you want to you want to fit in with everybody. You want everyone to like you, right? You, you know, you've got your different like you know social factions that you can consider on the campus or whatever. And maybe you know maybe you don't want to be uh, in a fraternity or sorority, but you're you're still going to be upset if someone who's Greek doesn't think you're cool enough, right? And maybe you don't want to know all the techie stuff and what's going on with every computer, this that or the other, but if those people think you're not smart enough. Um, then you're still frustrated, right? Uh, whatever, we, want, we want to fit in uh, with every group of people. But if you believe the gospel and you follow Jesus, you don't fit in. Uh, you don't belong to all of the other camps. Uh, you're, you're an outsider. The verses in the center of, uh, of, of this chapter that we read uh, speak directly to that, right? For the speaks of uh, the, the, the tent, the tabernacle, uh, the, the temple, the place of, of sacrifice. It says, for the bodies of those animal sacrifices from the Old Testament that were brought, those animal sacrifices whose blood was brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, where were those taken? They were burned outside the camp. Their blood made, made the people acceptable to be in the place of God's presence, to be among God's people. The corpses of those animals uh, were, were, were to be taken out away from everybody, burned outside of the camp, outside the place where, where the, the, the people were. And it says, well, same uh, for Jesus. Uh, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate, um, outside Jerusalem. Um, On a hill outside Jerusalem, crucified uh, for us, shamed, mocked, beaten, laughed at, rejected. Uh, Reproach is the word that the passage uh, used for it. Uh, That he endured, rejected for our sin, but rejected from people outside Jerusalem, uh, outside gate. And the passage calls us, uh, so therefore uh, let us go to Jesus outside the camp and endure the reproach uh, and uh, and bear the reproach uh, that he endured. Bear the mocking, bear the rejection, uh, bear being an outcast um, and not fitting in because we want to be uh, with Jesus. It says, uh, here we have no lasting city. But we seek the city uh, that is to come. What we have here, there's good things to it, there's great things to it. What we have here uh, isn't what we're looking for. Um, We seek the city that is to come. We seek uh, Christ's presence, the fulfillment of that with the city of the new Jerusalem, uh, the promise of God's presence uh, forever. We'll go on to see how uh, the other exhortations of this passage speak to this as well. What you have as you come to the end of, of Hebrews is uh, he's mentioned most of the things that he wants to mention, but there's still some other areas of just how he lives that he wants to hit again. Um, some of those love, uh, marriage, uh, money, and leaders that we'll uh, go on to, to talk about a little bit more, uh, but all of them bringing into still this, the same struggle of not fitting in. The question for you as we, as we go through this passage, as you consider yourself, is where are you, and, and where do you want to be? Uh, are you outside the camp? Um, are you inside the camp? Are you, are you outside the camp feeling, feeling rejected and feeling the, the, the reproach and, and glad that you get to be with Christ, or you're there and you're going, I really want everyone to like me. I want to fit in, and I'm not satisfied if I don't get... Um, the, the respect and commendation from from other people that I run run into. Are you are you inside the camp or inside the campus? Feeling you feel very secure there. Maybe maybe say you're a Christian, but you still uh, but you don't want anyone to know that. Um, people around you. Um, maybe maybe you're inside the camp and you're you're looking at Christianity, but you're afraid of the cost. So it feels much secu- much more secure to not attach yourself uh, to Jesus and those weird Christians uh, and the things that they do. Um, you'd rather not let anyone know or not move in that direction, uh, it's a struggle. Uh, it, it's a struggle that the gospel would make us uh, outsiders, that we would dare reproach, mocking, laugh at, ridicule, uh, what have you. It's a struggle to believe when that's the cost of it. Do we want to be with Jesus? Jesus suffered outside the gates. Uh, therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured um, so first, as we get into some of these um some of these particulars that he's mentioned, first, we got love and marriage. uh I just can't help but say it like that. when I say it like that, I hear the um the theme song right we go together like a horse and carriage, you know and and all that um. Actually, here, as you can see from the passage, they're spoken of uh, more, more separately. Uh, You've got various encouragement as he reaches the end of the letter of things, various things that we need to focus on uh, as we uh, try to persevere with confidence in Christ uh, through the struggle. Uh, and they're good things for us to be reminded of at the end of the semester as well, and the whole of our, um, of our life. And The first thing he hits is, is love, let brotherly love I continue. Um, listen, y'all do a great job loving one another. Um, when I look back on this year uh, and this semester, one of the things that encourages me the most is how y'all love one another, um, how you're open with one another, depend on one another, um, how you challenge each other. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can go look on each other's Facebook walls and see it. Um, and I get to stalk you on Facebook and I see like, oh, look, they're loving each other. They're, they're, they're seeing this. They know what's going on there. Um, it's so encouraging to me. I hear, you know, stuff going on with you and, and already people have been around you and encouraging you and lifting you up or you see ways that God's teaching you or sharing that with others. You see someone else who's, who's struggling I and mean, you're there with them. Um, so good. Uh, that's so encouraging uh, to me. Let it be uh, encouraging uh, to y'all. Um, and, and still, this is what he said to them, let that, let that continue. I'll let that grow and let it thrive, I'll nurture it and continue it because the, 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 the truth is it's still helpful to have that reminder because it takes work. Um, it takes effort uh, to continue to love each other. As much as we have great feelings uh, uh, for each other, um, it still uh, takes, takes work and effort. The tendency, and, and we experience this as well, the tendency is always towards clicks. Uh, it's always toward excluding. It's always toward taking those relationships and encircling them around yourself, right, so that they begin to, to meet your needs instead of, it's hard to, to give of yourself to other people, sacrificing yourself to meet other people's needs, the, the, what love uh, really is. Um, it's a reminder to let that continue. The love that you've shown, that you've been shown, will uh, be what continues to characterize you and can t- characterize uh, us as we live. Um, but also, don't forget about other people that you know. right? That's what he says next. Don't always uh, have the brotherly love, the family love, uh, the brotherly love, but also the strangerly love, if you will. Do not neglect to show hospitality not to strangers. Um, it's a lot easier for you just to know each other where it's more comfortable, right? Um, where, it's, where it's easy to love people, where we, where we know and we feel safe and secure as we, as we kind of reach out there. The pastor talks about strangers as well. And however much you've been you know, told since you were little, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> you're, you're adults now, at least becoming adults, adults. You should talk to strangers, right? That's a good thing. You should pay, the people, pay attention to the people that are, uh, that are randomly around you. Um, like, you know, Obviously, when someone walks into RUF, uh, you should talk to them. You should, you should go over to them, meet them, get their name, help them you know, find a spot, introduce them to other people, invite them out. Um, and, and y'all do these kind of things. It's it's great to see. Um, so, but we're told specifically not just to love each other, but to love people. We don't know. We don't know anything about them or who they are. It mentions the story, the biblical story uh, of Lot, where uh, God sends angels messengers uh, into the city, um, and, and Lot invites them into this house, not knowing who they are. That they're messengers from God, angels from God. Um, other other illustrations uh, of it. Um, but uh, and. and Obviously not just like when people come into a particular, uh, you know, to, to the RUF room or to a particular pop, you know, spot, of, spot of your life that way, um, but strangers that you run across or just it's a campus of what, like 30,000, 40,000 people? You walk around from class to class. I'm not saying assault everyone that you come up to. I must love you now. You're a stranger to me. I must know you. Um, but, right. Good. You can get that picture of awkwardness. Don't do that. Um, but love people. Um, do, 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 do you, do you uh, care at all about who walks past you? Um, are you concerned for what might be going on there? People in your classes, people that you, but you know that they're still kind of strangers to, people that you've sat next to all semester long. Um, maybe you know their name, maybe you don't. Um, are, you, are you looking uh, to care for them in your dorm room, apartments? Um, it, it's, a, it's easy to neglect, right? Living out the gospel, part of what that means is not to neglect it, not to forget to look for the opportunity to care for people around you. To love uh, one another, brotherly love, uh, strangerly love, if you will. Um, and he also speaks of love to, uh, to the mistreated. Um, specifically, it starts off with, remember, remember those who are in prison. Uh, some of you know people in prison, many of you uh, don't. The context here is that of people who are in prison uh, for their faith. Um, for believing the gospel and, uh, and experiencing punishment uh, for that is so a, a very strong context. Here. But e- even there, we should, we should remember that. There's people in other parts of the world that are harshly persecuted uh, for their faith. You can, um, you know, there's resources like Voice of Martyrs that you can go and then look at some of that kind of things. Or you can go down to the local prison and, and meet some people. Um, and, and care for them there, but particularly what you see as this passage talks about it, that's the context there, uh, and more broadly is, is those who are mistreated. Um, there's many who are mistreated who have hard things um, they're going through. Listen, some of you right now, your, your life is relatively easy, uh, or it's going well, um, and others have very difficult things going on right now. I uh, think that you're struggling to get through the semester, through the year, through the summers, you're looking ahead. In um, the gospel, we're called to especially uh, care for those who are hurting, uh, for those who are going through hard things, for those who are uh, mistreated, because we're different parts of, of the one body of Christ. Um, and because of the other sense of it, we're in the body and other people are suffering. We can relate to it. Um, and I love the way it says, uh, remember those who are in prison as those in prison with them. Um, and I haven't been in prison with someone else to oh, know really, you know, what's that like? But even, even just the sense that you get from, from books or stories of inmates that are in it together. Um, and to encourage one another uh, daily, to, to help each other uh, get through it and continue to press forward in that struggle and not give up. Uh, and the that that you have of uh, suffering together is how we're supposed to, how we're supposed to care. Uh, for those who are hurting. Like, we can relate to it. Like, we're in it with them. Um, to love them there. That's the kind of love we're called to uh, in the gospel. Um, also, the kind of love that forces you to live outside the camp. Forces you to be an outsider. So you're not just loving people who are like you. Um, and you're not just loving people when it, when it benefits for you, when it works out well for you. You're um, so called a cup of love, and a love that, that looks awkward sometimes, right? Uh, you got the Tommy Boy uh, brotherly love. You know, Brothers don't just shake hands, brothers got a hug, right? Um, and that means you're crossing boundaries of, of social society things that you're not supposed to do, right? Um, if, if you've got, uh, you know, if you're the. Uh, <coughs> If you're the alternative, uh, you know, freak zombie lover person with the deep whatever dark stuff on. You know, uh, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to look across and see the uh, uh, see the pop collar fraternity boy with the um, with the letters on his shirt, and and go talk to each other, right? And, and come up and give a big hug and talk to one another and know what's really going on, right? Um, <laughs> you are supposed to do that, but if you do that. Um, uh, you know, your your other friends are going to say, hey, who's that? <laughs> uh, how, how do you know them? All right, and you can be like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're in this Christian group I'm in. <laughs> you can try to play it off, dismiss it or whatever, but you're only going to be saying, this is my brother, oh, this is my sister, this is my family, I love them. Um, <laughs> as we do that, as we associate with the people who aren't like us and, and we're pouring our life into other people, that's, not the way you're supposed to act. Um, it forces you out of the, uh, of the other social groups that we want to be in, that we want to fit in with that. Um, how, however you view the social group that, uh, that you would like to be a part of, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, it forces you outside the camp. The passage goes from love uh, to, to talking about marriage. Uh, let marriage be held in honor uh, among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Um, I think we can safely say that uh, marriage is not uh, is not held in honor uh, among the campus. The, the mayor's bed is defiled uh, every weekend. Um, and I uh, would tend to think that our the sexual sin and immorality can be can be hidden, and no one knows about it. We can we can deal with it on our own. But the passage says God. And see that God judges uh, what's going on. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about you know the whatever the pride, student union, or, or random hookups uh, every weekend. that certainly are are part of how this is true. But, uh, but the marriage does not held in honor. You know, I can just maybe mention uh, words or things like. Pornography, masturbation, uh, or land is green, a delete center, um, or cleavage, or trying to get attention from other people to, to feel that you're, um, to feel that you're worth something because of your body, um, body image uh, issues. All kind of things. Um, there's a, a billboard used to be on Tennessee Street. There, there's several there now that might qualify as uh, well. There was, there was one a little while back that I was a girl in a uh, bikini and a sign on there that said, um, um, you know, "Save the save the one piece for when you're married." Right. And and Karen was offended like that. So what are you what are you what are you talking about? The, 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 and everything's reversed from how you should look at it. it. The way we feel like on this campus is is now's the time to play the market. I mean, really, now's the, now's the time to, to, play the, to play the market, to check out everybody, um, to learn and to experiment with each other, uh, to gain experience, uh, to figure out what you like, what you don't like, who you want to be with. Um, it's, uh, it's weird. It's weird to be married as college students. This is one of the reasons why Taylor and Marsha are so cool. There's many others. Um, but that's one of them, because they're married as college students. Um, uh, it's weird to want to be married as college students, and it's certainly weird if you're on a date with someone and you mention the word married, right? Like, whoa, this is crossing every boundary of, of our campus, right? Um, your bodies have been ready for marriage for, uh, for several years. I'm not saying that you should be married right now necessarily. Uh, granted, some of you have seen very difficult marriage situations, and there's reasons for you to not uh, to be concerned for. But still, uh, marriage is to be held in honor among all. It's kind of instituted by God. Uh, and the marriage bed should be undefiled. That's, that's a picture of, of sex in its appropriate context of, of marriage, the marriage bed. We're talking about this in the, in the freshman Bible study. Some of you have heard me uh, say it before. But the sex is given to us uh, scripturally as a picture of redemption, as a picture of the gospel. Uh, sex uh, pictures to us the utopia of union uh, with Christ and all the eternal blessings that are, that are part of it. And that's, that's the beauty of the analogy of the, of the picture that, that, Im, that, uh, that sex is for us. It's an image of redemption in heaven. Um, in, in our campus and in our life and the way we uh, talk about sex too often, instead of being uh, an analogy for the gospel, uh, the way we talk about sex uh, becomes an expletive. Uh, from when everything in your life is all messed up, um, and nothing's going right, and everything's just ripped apart uh, and painful, um, defiled. Uh, from the things that we do, um, even from the things that we we say, the way we the way we talk about it. um you will go so far as to mention the, the that's what she said uh, jokes, and and I'm guilty. Uh, I'm guilty as well. And and some of it's funny, and, and a lot of it, what we do is we're looking for, uh, looking for ways to take sex and, and turn it to its ugliness and, and look at things that are happening and, and point it towards sex in a way that's not uh, looking towards uh, the gospel and towards a real union with Christ the way that, the way that sex should. Um, and uh, if you don't laugh at those jokes and you don't tell those jokes, um, you'll fit in. Um, that's. That's not okay in our world to not joke sexually about everything. Um, Difficult uh, for us if if you take this view of marriage, you don't fit in. You're outside of a camp. Um, If you say sex is for marriage, um, you're laughed at. You're laughed at on the campus. uh, you're, you're judged if you don't laugh at the at the dirty jokes. Uh, you're, um, or if you tell someone, "Sorry, I'm not going to meet you on Landis Green. I'm not saying you can't be on land Green, screen, but um, <laughs> you know, like you're like what what's the matter with you? Um, uh, you know, if you're if you're taking this view of marriage, do you realize you're you're vastly limiting the potential of people that you might uh, be able to have a relationship with? Like like you're cutting out ninety uh, whatever percent of the campus. <laughs> Um, guys and girls that, that won't be in a relationship with you if you if you don't uh, if you don't have a, have a different view of it. Um, there's reproach. Uh, there's there's rejection. Um, there's there's ridicule. Um, but Jesus suffered outside the gate um, and let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach uh, that he endured for. What we have now isn't a, isn't a lasting city, but we seek the city that's uh, to come. <coughs> so we go from love, uh, marriage, uh, to, uh, to money, and leaders. And again, these aren't really tied together. You really have four points, so just put in theirs, too. Um, hopefully, hopefully they're not specifically tied together, at least in the wrong ways, like leaders are, are all in it for the money, uh, right? But um, to come. if you see that, there's a problem with your leaders. That goes them the false teaching of leaders that you have here. Um, but the, but the mindset of our world is, is money, right? It's, it's show me the money. We're um, looking for the best way uh, to, make, uh, to make more money. Money is probably the biggest uh, status symbol in our culture, one way or another. The things you have are the things that you've bought, that are how people uh, look at who you are. Um, or uh, uh, if, you're, if you're a Spaceballs fan, Star Wars fan, Spaceballs, spoof on Star Wars fan, then you might remember Spaceballs and you might remember Spaceballs, too. Yeah, the, uh, the search for more money, uh, if you've seen that one, you know. But um, <laughs> so there's a scene in there where they just talk about, you know, oh yeah, yeah most of the money, it's not really off the, uh, off the movie, it's off all the promotional items, the lunch boxes, the t-shirts, and, you know, everything else. So now they're going to have space called, too. That's the way we look at everything. Everything is looked at for how can, we, how can we make a little more money and have a different angle on it. Um, instead, in Scripture, you are told, keep your life free uh, from the love of money. Um, from greed, from making money into an idol, from feeling like success and happiness depend on uh, how much money you can make, how much money you can have, how much stuff you can get from it, or uh, when it slips away. Um, listen, money's not evil. shouldn't say that money is evil. Money's not evil. Um, but the love of money is a problem. First Timothy 6:10, right? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, Jesus says, "You can't serve God and Mammon. You can't serve God." Uh, and money, um, and you know the, the problem with that is it means whether you have money or whether you don't have money, you can still love money. Uh, you can still be serving after or after. It can trap you and enslave you. Uh, I forget. I have heard the story of uh, some millionaire, whether it's Rockefeller or someone. Uh, at some point, he's like the richest person. Uh, around or whatever and they said, you know, all right, is your, is your you know, how much money is enough? When do you say, okay, I have all the, uh, you know, how, much, how much money do you want? And he said, just one more dollar, right. Like at every point, whenever it is, it's always just, just a little bit more and then, then I feel uh, secure in that. Um, but we're told to be free from the love of money and that freedom is possible uh, by means of contentment. Um, that's what the passage uh, says. Um, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. As we, you know, go to Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I, I do not lack. I will not lack. I, I, I do not lack because God is, is providing for me. And strictly, if we talk about it strictly in the present time, uh, if we don't have, uh, that we don't need. Because God provides for us what we need. If we don't have it, um, if God hasn't given it to us, it's because we don't need that for, for right now in the present. <clears throat> um, We're going to talk about everything as I need. Right? I you was know, walking through the mall the other day, and I saw five things that I needed. I had to, had to have. Um, we need to learn contentment. Uh, and contentment is possible by God's help, by God's promise. Uh, Not because we can get enough, not because we can take care of ourselves well enough, not because if we get our bank account to a certain level or if we have enough friends who would also take care of us or whatever other things, uh, we can be content because God is taking care of us and will continue to do so. I will never leave you or forsake you, he says. Uh, there's, our, there's our stability. Uh, there's our point of confidence because the Lord is our helper. We can confidently say, when well, we don't have anything. when We're not sure how we're going to make it through the next day. Uh, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear uh, what can man do to me. Um, but again, uh, try, you know, try taking that attitude about money into the, into the business school. Uh, see, how, see how far it'll, it'll get you, right? Um, you know, we don't... We don't need to make more money. That's not the way we should be looking at things. We should, we should look at how we can serve the world and serve people better in our business and not even worry about the bank accounts and the financials, right? <laughs> um, uh, not, not gonna go over so well. A lot of people who will uh, push you out of the room pretty quickly, laugh you out of the room, or else they'll go, hmm, maybe that's a good new marketing strategy by which we can make more money if we talk about it that way, right? It's the only way we know how to look at things. Um, trying to live that way. Which um, is, yeah, to, to give up the, the status symbols, uh, the convenience of what money brings, what we feel like it would bring if we had more of a, uh, if you had to trade in all your nicest things uh, for, for cheaper imitations of it. Um, man, that's just that's pretty hard. Um, and if you don't have the right stuff, you don't fit in. Uh, If you don't have the right stuff, you at least have to want the right stuff and like the right stuff and go to the right stores and get the right magazines to fit in. At least say, oh, I recognize that what you have is these things that I want, right? Um, He pushed out. Uh, Jesus suffered outside the gate. um, And let us go to him outside the gate and uh, endure the reproach uh, that he endured, even if we laugh at the clothes we're wearing. Um, Money to to leaders. Passage goes on, and in verse seven, uh, a few things about it, and comes back to it in verse uh, eight, uh, verse seventeen, and, and following from that. And really, in the passage, what you see spends a, a good bit of time contrasting uh, leaders with, with different teachings, with divergent or diverse or strange teachings that aren't from the gospel. There's a lot of other people that will tell you uh, that'll tell you things that help you fit in. All right, what, if you come to R.E.F., that's not what I'm telling you. There's a lot of other people that will tell you things that, that help you fit in. Here the context seems to be uh, the Jewish faith without Christ. Um, the, the believing that is pushing them outside uh, of those that they were connected to. Um, so, so that context of the Jewish faith. But now that could be, that could be Oprah. Um, I that could be Oprah, she's telling you how to fit in, make your life work better. Dr. Phil's got lots of good things to say. Um, professors, that can be uh, friends, uh, whatever. Uh, but it's helpful to see the way that he responds to it. Verse eight: uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The um, ground in the eternal constancy of Christ that what we need doesn't change. Um, we shouldn't be looking for like the next fad, the next new thing that someone else can tell us that's gonna make our life a little bit better. Um, I mean, I mean, really, in the, in, uh, in, the, in the so-called Christian world or Christian culture is, is constantly jumping at the next exciting new book. Um, and, and some of them are great and, and some of them are, are horrible. Um, Jesus isn't changing who we need and we're not, we're not looking for just something else that's gonna give us something that's never been talked about before. Um, Christ hasn't changed. Um, Something else can make us fit in. Verse nine, he says, strengthened, be strengthened by grace, not by foods or or anything else. Don't benefit. Um, Say the difference between Christianity um, and every other religion, every other way of, of viewing our religion. The Christianity says it's not something we do. Every other religion is based on works. Christianity is based on God's grace. Christianity alone says it's not something we do. It's not getting our life the right behavior. It's not the, enough meditation or anything else. It's not something we do, but it's something that God does for us, uh, that he freely uh, gives to us, and not by us doing something right first, but by his undeserved uh, grace. Um, so instead of looking for something strange or different or new that's going to help, uh, help us fit in, Instead, you're just supposed to focus on your leaders uh, who spoke God's word uh, to you, who uh, nourished you with Christ—pastors, uh, elders, uh, teachers, youth leaders, uh, mentors, maybe other other things. Um, I hope to be counted among that, that number, but uh, it also scares me a bit in looking at this passage and talking about it. Um, a lot of me doesn't want to say, "Learn from how I live and imitate me." Uh, I know, uh, I know. But I'm pretty far off on a, on a lot of things. Um, there's lots of things that I do that you shouldn't emulate. Um, hopefully, you have others to others to watch, others to learn from uh, as well. And, and I think, as I understand from the passage, that no one's will be a, a picture of perfection, uh, but hopefully a picture of repentance and of faith. Um, look at the way the passage uh, talks about it. As you're as you're watching them, as it says, what you're what you're to to mimic or to imitate uh, isn't their actions. Do everything the way, don't, don't do everything the way I do it. I'd uh, that be very bad. And you'd look weird if you use strange hand motions all the time. Um, uh, you're not just to mimic their actions, uh, but their faith. Um, uh, don't, don't act like me, but you can, you can know me and see how much I need Jesus. Um, and then I'm trying to turn to Jesus and lean on him. Um, looking to Christ, us uh, struggling to live for, for uh, struggling to live for Christ, uh, living and seeing our own mistakes and our failures, admitting sin, struggling against it. Um, so, so Paul writes it this way in First 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, he says, "Be imitators of me, uh, as I imitate Christ." The um, so the aim of our of our of our life is looking at it that way. I'm sure to remember and watch and, and, and imitate your leaders in terms of their faith uh, because of the outcome of, of his life, of God's blessing through his promises. And then it comes back to leaders again uh, in verse 17 and following. Um, verse 18, it speaks of, uh, speaks of praying uh, for them. and Please, you'd be praying for your pastors, leaders back home. I certainly need your prayers and would ask for them. Um, it also mentions in verse 17 obeying and submitting to them. Uh, it's a hard thing. We don't really, don't really like uh, that idea, nor is it something that we're very practiced at, um, obeying and submitting. To so not just follow your own ideas and what you think is best for your life, um, but to, to listen to, to counsel, uh, submitting to, to leaders. Um, some of you join the church. Uh, some of you, if you've seen other people join the church, there's usually vows that they're making before God as they're, as they're part of the church. Uh, and, and one of those uh, vows uh, is, will you promise to, I don't have the words to it, one of those vows is, will you promise to submit uh, to the authority and, and leadership of the church? Um, that's coming uh, from Scripture, that, that they have an authority that, The church leaders are speaking uh, with the authority of Christ. Christ has given them that role. Now, they're not speaking that authority when they're speaking outside of what God says in his word. But when they're declaring to you the truth of God's word and its application, it comes to you with the authority of Christ. You're to obey it and submit to it. They're not telling you things to ruin your life. Um, uh, They're not telling you things to to, to run your life to rule over it. But their role, as the passage says, is to be protective uh, over, loving overseers as those who are keeping watch over your soul um, it's not good to have someone looking over your shoulder you don't really like that um, but it's good to have someone looking out for you it's Good good to have someone who's concerned for your uh, best interest and in your growth uh, to be there to see what's going on and, and to speak into your life um, we just have to give an account it's scary um, I'll, have to, I'll have to give an account uh, someday for why maybe I saw you know something going on with someone and, and I didn't say anything about it, or I'll have to give an account for uh, when I did say something the person didn't change that that one will be that one will be on them the others there's on me um but uh, their their responsibility is that um, and, and I love this that it says um I'll let them do this with joy and not groaning. for so That would be of no advantage to you. Um, I, I really like that part. I've talked to you before, um, and, I, and I've asked and said, okay, what do you think that means? And if, you're to, if you're to be obeying, submitting to them, if they're keeping watch over your souls, uh, and, and let them do it with joy and not groaning, well, how do you do that? What's your responsibility then to you know, do that? And uh, invariably, the, the answer I've gotten, tell me how you'd answer it. Uh, invariably, the, the, the answer I've gotten goes along these lines of, I'm supposed to... You know, be good uh, and um, and and you know, not do anything wrong and not have any problems, right? Like it'll be to their joy and not their groaning if if I have everything together and there's there's nothing to deal with. Um, please no, right? Uh, I'll, I'll groan with you if you're if you're responding to me that way. This is not true, because uh, you're faking it. And you're pretending it, and you're making it that much harder for me or your pastor or anyone who loves you to, to care for you and know what's going on in your life. And you're going, oh, as a pastor person, I better put on the good face and act like everything's together. Um, I'll say, for me, that makes my job hard. So let me know what's going on with you. I love you. I want to care for you. I want to speak into that. Um, if, if I get a call from someone and they're like, um, you know, i I'm home alone in my apartment this weekend, and um, no one's going to be around. I've got high-speed internet, and um, I know what I want to do. And they call me? Dude, like, I'm excited to get that phone call. Um, I'm thrilled to get that phone call and be able to talk with someone there. Or I talk with someone who's on the other side of that or any other, other thing. They're like, listen, I, I knew it was wrong. I did it. I did it anyway. Um... I know I've messed up. I know I've screwed up. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Where am I at now? Oh, like, that's a joy in me to get that call. It's not great that that's where someone is, but to know that that's where someone is and be able to encourage them in that place uh, it, it is good. Um, I think the way we tend to act with one another is it's easier to, to put on a face, and certainly for other people that are watching over you, right, you've got to make sure that everything looks good uh, for them. Please, no, I'm groaning for you. Uh, let it be joy. It's of no advantage to you to hide things, then no one can help you. Um, it's to advantage when we're when we're open and speak to one another. Uh, let people who are who are trying to understand God's word and the gospel and how it applies to you in your life. Um, um, but looking at that, looking at your leaders that way uh, doesn't help you fit in. <laughs> It's, it's going to put you, put you outside the camp, outside the, the, the campus. I'll say for me, uh, one of the reasons that I've never wanted to be a pastor, um, pastors don't fit <laughs> in. Pastors never fit in. I've got friends who say, you know, if they don't want to talk to someone on an airplane flight, then first question, you know, who, what's your name? What do you do? <laughs> I'm a pastor. It's for the rest of the flight, right? No uh, one wants to talk to you though. <laughs> Um, um, pastors never fit in. They're never treated like they're normal. They they always stick out. You know, I kind of I feel like maybe pseudo I can fit in because I'm in campus ministry or something. Uh, but then I'm like 32 year old hanging out with a 22 year olds. It doesn't work either. Um, thanks, thanks for laughing. <laughs> um, but but if you're supposed to imitate uh, your pastors and leaders over you, uh, how do you think that makes you look? Does it make you fit in or, or stick out? Um, you're, you're, you're sticking out uh, to, uh, to be open about your sin, your need for grace. You'll be pushed out by people around you, shamed, rejected. Um, it's a struggle to believe. People was just speaking to us in that struggle. Uh, it's a struggle uh, to believe, uh, and the struggle will continue because we want to fit in. It's hard not to fit in. It's painful. The gospel pushes us to Christ. It pushes us to Christ Outside the camp, where are you? Are you outside the camp are you inside the camp? Where do you want to be? Where are your eyes focused? Where are you looking? Where are you hoping? Is it, is it to fit in with all the people around you? Uh, is it to, to be shamed or be with Christ? Struggle. Those um, of you struggling from, from outside the state, maybe you look at it and you hear this and you say, all right, that's enough for me. I, I don't think I'm interested in Christianity then. Um, I don't want to be excluded. I don't want to be uh, rejected and pushed out. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's painful. It's hard. It's a struggle. Yes, you do. And No one wants a, a pain, uh, but you want to be with Christ. You want to be with one who loves you when you don't fit in. Um, you want to love someone who, who takes the rejected and brings them uh, into his love and brings them into the Father's love for, for, uh, for sins to be remembered no more, for failures to be remembered no more. I speak of love and never-ending love poured out, someone who will never leave you or forsake you but is constantly your present help uh, and a love that lasts forever, that isn't temporary or fading, um, but all the joys of the promises that are to come is how, where you want to be. Believers are uh, struggling. Listen, it's not just that we're stuck outside the camp. That's the way I feel most of the time. That's the way I think most of us It's like, well, I'm a Christian, but then I'm kind of stuck out here. Um, I know we think about it that way, but how's the passage put it? Let us go to him outside the camp. There's Jesus outside the gate suffering. If he's out there, if he's being rejected, then let us stand with him and be rejected too. Let's be shamed the way Jesus was shamed. Uh, Let's be mocked the way Jesus was mocked because we get to be with our Savior. Uh, We get to be with the one whose blood uh, sprinkles and cleans us to be accepted before God. And that's where we want to be. We don't like the not fitting in part. That's fine. But more than that, we want Jesus. Uh, this passage uh, closes with a benediction, a blessing uh, from God for his people. And it focuses on, on God's power. Uh, his provision talks about how the resurrection of Christ, uh, Christ is our shepherd, it talks about God's peace, and it encourages us as we struggle and as we feel our inability because it's, it's God who's equipping us. A uh, God who's working in us the very thing that He delights in. Um, so, so, a little bit different. Instead of closing this with prayer uh, for the end of the semester, uh, let me close uh, with this uh, for you to receive God's benediction uh, from His Word. Now, may the God of peace, uh, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do His will, working in us, that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.